Hell yeah. Except I got to figure out how to like get rid of the baking collar on my fucking shirts. Uh, it's, I don't know how to prevent that. There's no way to real, really prevent it. You just have to like never pull on them, I think. I mean, what are you going to do? Starch it? I don't know. Well, on that note, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to Terrestrial Takes. I'm your host, Dushane's underscore, with an at at the beginning of that. I'm joined by Tim at Nubs, double N, double B. It's been a couple of weeks. How are you doing, Tim? Hello, sir. I missed you. We just <laughs> haven't had the schedules that align, so I'm doing really well. Yeah, so we got a long docket of items to get to, starting with how do you, how do you get the bacon out of the collar of your shirt? Like bacon collar, right? That's a question. I, uh. I don't have the answer to because I was the one that posed the question. But yeah, <laughs> I uh, I have shirts that I really like, and they seem to go to go to crap after like six months, and I'm not sure why. So Tale of Two Rivals has their question of the week where they pick something cool and say like what you rather. But that'll be our question of the week because here on Terrestrial Takes we like to rip off people's uh, segments, and we do a damn good job at it. <laughs> JWB had a really nice "Would You Rather" segment. It was a. Uh, it was one that I, I enjoyed when I was on there and I listened to Linda's or Lindell's her recent one. It was give up truly like truly goes out of business or they get rid of kickers. She's like, truly's gone. <laughs> oh, wow. That's some conviction. Yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah. So we'll do uh, the, would you rather JWB ripoff in the, in the main event, which is the FBC <laughs> ripoff after we're done this Taylor two rivals question of the week ripoff. How we doing? <laughs> now, if we could only rip off some of their magic and get a good fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I don't even have the intro yet, but I think we're just going to stick in Green Bay because I want to talk about Green Bay. I want to talk about all this real quick, and then I never want to talk about it again. I'm so sick of saying Aaron Rodgers. What are you doing? He's Brett Favre 2.0. Um but they bring in Randall Cobb at his request, and Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. They post the last dance thing. This is all coming after the Bucks and Six. So, I mean, you got to be freaking stoked right now, Tim. Like, everything's going your way. Dude, I forgot to talk about that. Bucks and Six. It's for the culture, baby. So, for those of you that don't know, when LeBron went to Miami, Brandon Jennings, who's on the Bucks at the time, we had to face him in the first round of the playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's Bucks legend, Brandon Jennings. Did you see that? Oh, he's a, he's a legend now? Yeah, they, they went to him during the game and they had a little thing below. Bucks legend, Brandon I Jennings. <laughs> Another good thing about Brandon Jennings is we actually, when we, we, I'm not on the team, when they traded him away to Detroit, they actually got Chris Middleton back in that deal. So he really is a team building legend. Damn, I didn't know that. That all yeah. comes together. Yeah, I was. A, I really wanted Middleton. This is not a basketball podcast. I really wanted Middleton because he reminded me a lot of Joe Johnson when Joe Johnson was real prominent in the league, a six-eight guard that can really initiate offense at the free throw line. So I was really excited to get him, and I was like, he could be the steal of this trade. I was really happy. But real quick, so they played my. They were going to play Miami in the first round, and Jennings was like, "We're going to beat him." And the reporter asked him how many games. He goes six. Bucks and six. So for since that time, Bucks and six has been kind of a meme chant that goes on during the game. 
So for it to now go down in lore, it's like the second or third biggest thing in the history of the franchise is really cool to be a part of. That is pretty sweet. But yeah, uh, basketball podcast, you can check it out tomorrow or to, in, I guess the day after this comes out, getting after it podcast. It's UFC basketball. That's, that's the other pod I got going on. We're talking football and yes, bucks and six, but how's it feel to have Aaron Rodgers back with his boy, Randall, uh, Randall cab. I'm happy. I, I'm happy that it would only took Cobb to kind of ease the tension. Yeah, that's it. That's all it took, Aaron. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we'll send a sixth. <laughs> Just come back. I'm surprised Houston didn't try to get more out of it. That being said, though, I think that he does have people are calling him a diva and all this other stuff, but I think he does have some likes to stand on because being a Packer fan for a long time and seeing like the stuff that he goes through, like the the front office could do a much better job trying to build around him and not wasting his prime years because they're very as much as people want to talk about Rodgers the front office in Green Bay is very very egotistical so they um like to kind of rest on the fact that oh we're a playoff team every year and they just try to make sure they hold on to their jobs for the board but there's not like an owner that's got the the boot in the butt to say hey let's go after it let's go try to win a title we're not let's not waste Aaron Rodgers best years so so I guess for fantasy, when I was, I did the 30 minute rank challenge or something there. I did, I even posted a little podcast where it was just me typing and bantering kind of, it was more of a live stream, but I posted it as a pod. I didn't even have Rogers in my tw- top 24 simply because I was just staying away. I didn't even want to touch him and redraft, like, just cause I didn't know I would just, I would just go elsewhere. So where do you think he slides in now, uh, as far as quarterbacks for this year? I think he's got to be top 12 especially if we're talking redraft, I, I just, I don't see a way in which he produces less than top 12 numbers unless Devontae Adams goes down. Yeah. I think I have him at six, seven. I think I have him above Herbert. Herbert. I, have, I got like Ross at six, Herbert at seven. I think he slides in right there for me. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Now what the big question is, is where does Randall Cobb slide in? <laughs> well, I think Randall Cobb's more of a best ball option there. Alex, I, uh, no, I, I don't know. It's going to be difficult to predict just because he's older. He'll have that mind meld, but there's going to be opportunities for other receivers that are more dynamic to probably beat up on coverage. Even a Bob Tunyon, I think he, he will have a bigger year stat wise than Randall Cobb. So I don't really see too much out of this. Could be some sort of dart throw by week play at some point. And you're just hoping for a score. Yeah, I guess I'll talk about uh, Devontae Adams. I had him at 12 regardless of Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I think I'm going to put him at three and two, one, two, three. I mean, whatever, however way you, you want to shake it. But Tyreek, Nook, Devontae Adams, all three of them, I think. And then I got Ridley Diggs. Uh, yeah, he's definitely got to go up, though, because he's got Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Unless it's Tyreek, who I, I – Tyreek, I should say – uh, he's my one for redraft is at wide receiver. Do you kind of feel better take being like the fourth person to take a wide receiver instead of being like the number two and having to choose? Yeah, but I, I probably won't even be there. I, I'll probably just be going running back. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I did post the Twitter question where it was like, um, and I just was, was going off of ADP. Would you rather go Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Keenan Allen? And I know I was Twitter hates Joe Mixon and. So, like, I know it was going to be loaded the other way because the other one was Kelsey, 
um, Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Swift, and everybody loves all three of those guys. So, like, I, I, I could have picked a better one, but I was just trying to stick to ADP. But that's if you want to start double running back. And I feel like that would just be a poor double running back start. So I feel like I could do better for uh, to pose that question. Um, but, yeah, I don't really want to go tight end wide receiver. I want to get my running backs early, even though even though there are some running backs falling. But that's sort of what we're going to get into the main event. We got a couple more news items here to touch on. Uh, Michael Thomas getting surgery in, what, late June? instead of earlier on. Uh, so he's going to be missing. I didn't even get the actual number of weeks that they're expecting him to miss, but Sean Payton is, came out saying, you know, it's disappointed that the surgery didn't happen sooner. I think that's what we're all thinking. Where does he slide in? I don't think he's a top 24 wide receiver for me this year. In redraft, he's in a void for me. I actually, before I had some more updates on news about the timeline, which I, I heard was 12 to 14 weeks, like Ooh. from the time of the surgery. Before that, I was like, oh, I would be buying him at certain levels of price if I can afford it and, you know, just kind of like hold off because I still think he's going to get massive target numbers. And if the ankle's healed, then we see old Michael Thomas, in my opinion. But 12 to 14 weeks is a long time for recovery. Then you're looking at potentially conditioning issues. And then there could be even more issues with just... um being on the same page with his quarterback and that could be a real problem. So in, in redraft, I'm pretty much out on him. And then in dynasty, I had him, I had him bumped down to a, a start of seventh round startup value after the news. But like, if you're looking at those seventh rounds, there's probably even better players to take at that point, better you know, in terms of safe as well as age. So he might even be, if you were to do a startup like today, he might even be lower. He might even be eighth, ninth round. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's no way I think he makes it there. Like, I think the absolute earliest that you should feel comfortable would be like the fifth. You get two running backs, two wide receivers. Like that, I think is bare minimum. And then you maybe... want him as your wide receiver one, and no. he's gonna miss half the season. Three, you get two wide receivers, two running backs. So the fifth, fifth round is like absolute earliest that I would think about looking at him. Oh, I'm not. I don't know. I think that's really uh, high. I. I, I don't I don't want him there. I'm saying they, like that is probably where some people will take him. And that's mm-hmm. probably if they go any earlier, I think that's wild. I probably would still go for another wide receiver or running back, but like I'm saying you're not even looking at him until six. I mean, he's not gonna be there in the eighth or ninth. Someone's gonna take him. Oh, I was talking about dynasty startup. So I was just trying to Oh, equate, I'm talking about redraft. Equate the value. Yeah. In redraft, I don't think I'd be I, I think he'll be gone long on before I would even consider touching him. Yeah. Okay. I still think the fifth is crazy. I'd be grabbing my third running back or maybe a tight end falls, but there's enough wide receiver value in the fifth round for me to definitely pivot to a different wide receiver option. But I guess when I was looking, or I was listening to some pods today and one of the issues was that it's the way in which they had to do the surgery to heal up. Because initially I was like, Deshaun Jackson had the same issue where he should have just gone and had surgery, maybe not an ankle, but he should have had surgery before the season and he would have been fine, missed like the first like three or four weeks. But then it derailed this entire season and ended it early. So, yeah, I guess we're all just wondering why they didn't do it earlier. 
other injury news out of Dallas. We got Dak Prescott with a MRI showing a strain on his right shoulder, saying it's not any kind of serious setback. Um, do you have any concerns about this one? No, he's probably just really excited that he's back and might have overdone it in the first, you know, first day of camp and all this other stuff. So I'm not worried. There's you know, the season's long enough away that a shoulder strain should go away. So, yeah, I agree. That's something you can play through, anyways. It's just not something good to see first day of practice, but hopefully they ease them up. You know, let them let them heal up, come back a little slower. Because, uh, yeah, I think Dak's a top five quarterback this year and in dynasty. Absolutely. His screen to Zeke looked pretty good today, too, in, in the first week that we don't have to worry about. But it did look good. So if his shoulder's bad, just keep dumping it to Zeke. Yeah, just let him eat, baby. <laughs> we got Xavier Howard from the Dolphins asking for a trade. And I guess he's, there was uh, – I guess there were two playoff teams that – we're in on him. This really, I this came across my notifications on my phone. This really threw me for a loop because I, w- I want to know more about why he wants to get out. I would think that being under floors is a really good atmosphere. He's a hell of a leader and people like playing for him. So I'm really confused as to why one of the recognized top cornerbacks in the league where I don't think he's being misrepresented or uh, not respected or trusted properly by that defensive coordinator or the team to be like, I'm out, especially with a team that's on the rise with so many assets and like they made all the right decisions. Laura seems to uh, be really cool with some players and other players. He's, he's just out on or something. And uh, he sends him away. Like Van Noy came in, sent him back out and he was from new England with him. It's really interesting. I can't remember. Did they attack defensive back in this? Uh, yeah, this they, they they took Javon Holland, who's a safety. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Second round. Uh yeah, second round mm-hmm. out of Oregon. Xavier's um, a corner. Uh, I don't know if they got any more corners, but yeah, uh, I don't know why you would want to leave. I I don't know much of the, the backstory either as to like why he wants out so bad. But I think this has been going on for a while. Um, He's skipping mini camp in June, and uh, yeah, now he's requesting a trade. So, watch out for uh, some team traded for Xavier. I don't know; they could probably get a second for him at least. I mean, no, you can you can get a first for Xavier. What they get one first for Minka? He was like Minka and some other some other players, I believe. Some smaller stuff. Yeah, and a quarter is more important than a safety. So, yeah, and if you look at what Ramsey was, what. The Jacksonville Jaguars got for Ramsey when they moved him to the Rams. It was more than a first. So I you could argue that Howard has a similar skill set, maybe not as good as just straight man. I understand he's a man corner, but like Ramsey's more able to match where Howard's more of a, a physical type of defender at that at that uh attacking point. But then you gotta look at like what schemes does he fit and which teams have needs there and things like that. So it would be interesting to see really what kind of suitors are out there for him at this point in the season. Leader in uh, interceptions last year with 10 of them. So coming off a good year to get what you want, I suppose. Uh, any other news items that I missed that you might want to talk about? 
We have acres, but I think that's kind of been. Yeah, it's been beaten to death. I mean, a little bit fatigued. I, I, I still don't know what to do with them. Like, uh, like I have them on one team. I was contemplating, like I got an offer of Devonte Parker in a third and I like Devonte Parker and I was considering it because I don't know if he ever comes back, but I'm waiting. And I think, I mean, I'm sure other people have said it, but like, well, I think, I think it's crazy, but so much of acre stock relies on Marlon Mack and seeing how he comes back from the Achilles, which is crazy. Cause these are like two of my, these are like my two favorite running backs to come out in a while. Like at least that I really tagged like my guys, even though like not out of college acres wasn't, but I was just, I was expecting acres to be a fucking killer this year. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll have to see. I think, I think if Matt comes back and is like at all does anything, Acres is going to have a lot of value going into next year. I own Mac on two teams. One of them is the Scott Fishbowl satellite rip. And the other one is a rebuild that I have that I took over. I traded for him. I gave up rugs and Amon Ra for acres and a third. And then I got a backup tight end just to match the roster spots back, which I'm just going to hold in case there's an injury and then drop them for, I'll basically have two open roster spots when I can move acres to IR, which would be nice for a rebuild. Yeah, I have acres on my Scott Fishbowl team. So that's a rip. Oh uh, my God. Why do we both? We're cursed. Yeah. But I have Mac everywhere. Mac is my highest rostered player, man. I fucking, Mac's the go, dude. I, I love Mac. Why don't we just get Mac traded to the Rams? Dude, so he tell can about it. prove the Achilles works, and then Acres can come back with more confidence from the team next year. Yeah, you know Achilles brothers. Like, I, oh, that's another thing too. I'm not. I'm not at all trading for Henderson whatsoever. Oh no, dude! I, I think somebody in. I think I, I just I'm on record. I think of saying I just don't think Henderson's good. Like I put him as a pity RB twenty four or something during that ranking challenge, just to whatever as pity, but. I just don't think he's good, all right? And he can absolutely be an RB1 because anybody can be an RB1 if you're alive and you play every week. Like, you can. People don't like that take. It's freaking true, all right? Like, I think James Robinson is pretty good. Like, I, I actually think he's good. I think he's way better than Darrell Henderson. So, like, it's not the best example, but, I mean, Melvin Gordon is an RB1 years, and he's he's not that good either. Like, who else was Mike Davis RB1 last year? Like, if you just friggin' play, the it's a it's a position of attrition, dude. Like, if you're alive, you're an RB1. All right. Henderson's not good at football. That's why they went and got a good running back in Cam Akers. Yeah, I agree. Henderson's really good when there's a hole, but so is 99% of the other running backs in the league when there's a hole. Henderson just might be faster getting through it, but I don't he doesn't know, create for himself. He doesn't have good vision. Doesn't um, catch the ball either. Well, his highlight reel of like six plays, there's like three catches, I think. But I've watched highlights. I watch film, not just highlights, all right? But people are posting, you know, Darrell Henderson here. And it's like, a, it's like eight plays. And not one time do you go, wow. Not one time do you do anything that's like, huh. It's usually, why is he going there? Why? Why didn't he break that? How did he? How did he get tackled here? Oh my God! That forty-yard run through that wide-open hole took eight seconds. Like, how did he not get caught? Like, it's not good. It's not good film. Okay, are we talking Ronald Jones or Henderson now? I'm really confused. Rojo's better than Henderson. Ronald Jones and Henderson do the same thing though. Yeah, Rojo's just better at it. Yeah, exactly. Somebody I think is really underrated running back doesn't really matter, but is uh, Jarrett Patterson. 
I really like uh, what I saw out of his film. It's good coming coming to the line. It's just if he has enough physical attributes in terms of advantages against the defense in terms of speed or acceleration that he can actually make enough plays to be worth Jarrett Patterson, the Buffalo running back. Yes. I really like Patterson. It's a Washington football team. Yeah. 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 We're talking about the same dude. Yeah, buddy. I remember when people were all over Jermar Jefferson, I'm like, if you put Jarrett Patterson's vision, dude, it was stupid as fuck to be in either of those guys. Well, (laughs) Jefferson never had enough like physical ability or like, spark or whatever to Bruh. be good yeah he was just he was fast know. as fuck dude he had like he ran all over my dogs but if you one if of the you top put like top defenses in the, in the country dude all the stuff that patterson does behind the line in terms of setting up his blocks and making the right reads and setting his feet up if you give that to, to Je- uh, Jamar Jefferson, he might have actually been a good back. All right, the- well, NFL. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the useless RB talk. We just <laughs> we just talked fucking Rojo Henderson. We we went, we got lost in Jared Patterson and fucking wait, Jamar we didn't Jefferson. even talk about JV and Hawkins yet. What the hell, bro? Michael Lashore, dude. Here's a guy. All right, let's kick it to the main event. It's time for the main event. This week for the main event, we're just talking redraft. What about? I don't know. We're gonna kind of go with the flow, but I think mostly is when is when do you tra- when do you transition? You know, a dynasty team to to going all in and winning this year. Uh, a lot of people like to play the value game in dynasty and just keep accumulating value, as in picks and young players and picks and trading and getting picks. And that's a that's a that's a tactic. But at some point. You, you got to cash in and start winning leagues. Um, so talking about when to go to a redraft type of mode, who to like target and sort of just who, who would you rather target and who would you be selling? So when do you think you should know that you're going all in on a year? Do you want to go, do you want to have your plan in the off season and the preseason, or do you wait a couple weeks into the season and see how it's shaken out? I think it really matters. Like cyclic, like it's, it's very cyclical. Like we're in a 14 team together and I kind of did it at the drop of the, of the hat when we did the startup draft. Like I was unafraid of drafting guys like Thielen to fill a, a position or like not target, but to be like, yeah, Thielen's a guy I'm going to want or this, that, or the other thing where, Age, I, I didn't sacrifice like a ton of future, but like age wasn't something that really scared me away, especially if I was getting them at a discount because of the age. But like, um, I think most of the time, it's really difficult for me to just have all feet in. I kind of always like to have an exit strategy. So this is kind of difficult for me to be like super confident in, in my moves because I always kind of like to have that out. But I think when you start to see the group's like the teams separate probably like week six, obviously an entry can hit, but like most of the time teams that are not contending will know pretty quick and they may be quicker to sell or more motivated to move pieces before they get injured. Maybe not at a discount, but they'll still be more motivated. So I think, I think like week six, week eight, somewhere in there, you're going to see some separation. I think it's going to be easier to make that commitment. Yeah. I, so if it all starts with your startup and your startup doesn't have to be a final roster. It's called a startup. So if you start up this year and you play, you know, it starts there. Are you 
trading down and getting assets or are you letting bets fall to you? So like in one league, I had a bunch of bets fall to me. I got Zeke, Aaron Jones, Julio Jones, Thielen, J-Rob. Like I got Thielen as like the wide receiver 44 here in this league. So like, I'm just going to go for it this year. But I think if you're, if you're, if you're not in a startup year, if you're already, you know, two or three years in, I think the best time to figure out what you're going to do is in the off season. Um, because you should have already sold off prior at week six. If you're going to rebuild, you should have your picks because they're going to be expensive. I like to, I get a lot of my trades done like the week after the Super Bowl. Uh, I'll sell players that I think are valued high. I'll buy players I think are valued low. I'll get, I'll gather picks that are going to be accumulating in value. It can bite you in the ass, but a lot of moves I made ended up working out like, I can't think of one because none of them actually worked out. <laughs> no, but um, so who are guys that if you were going all in on this year, who's a quarterback that you think is a little valued, a little low that you can go after? Carson Wentz. <clears throat> I think that could be a really nice target. You know, you always got Kirk Cousins, who's perennially underrated, who will give you really nice weeks as well as he averages went around 18 points for the last like six seasons in a row. Per game yeah uh kirk cousins was gonna be my pick uh he's always a good option somebody that has a job that isn't gonna lose their job and scores a bunch of points uh just sit him on primetime games where everyone makes the narratives about how much he sucks i mean another guy that, i mean i would go after jimmy garoppolo i mean who knows when that i think jimmy starts somewhere but the fact is that he's just so cheap right now like you can get him easily for a second and some people will say, no, don't give up a second, man. If you need a fucking quarterback to go after it, you could do much worse, I think, than Jimmy. Uh, at running back, hmm. I don't know. Who's a running back that uh, has no value? <laughs> Carson? I think, I think a guy that, well, either people love or hate Carson. So I, I'm wondering if the people that own Carson, unless it's just been a startup, probably have Carson for a reason and they've acquired him because they do like him. So he, they, his price may be inflated at that point. I feel like everyone at this point, like right before the season, as if it's not a startup, especially like, I feel like so many moves have been made and most people have like guys that they want. So it's kind of tough. I think right now you're, I think you're, and also there's all the training camp starting up and I just don't think it's, I think for the most, I don't, wouldn't want to be trading for a bunch of people right now before week one, because I, I think I just cover my head and, and wait for the shells to drop and hope I don't get hit too hard. You know, that's the philosophy I've taken with running back this off season is yes. I've been tempted in a few leagues to make offers for running backs where you're, you're paying market value, but it's like, why pay market value in May, June, July, when you can wait till August or September, basically pay the same price. Cause it's market value and have a little bit more faith in the fact they're going to make it to the season. I think my uh, running back is difficult at this point because a lot of it has been under a microscope. Like there aren't any like hidden gems at this point because everyone's kind of got their valuations uh, kind of where they want them to be. But I would say if I'm picking one, well, actually I'll go with three and they're kind of all together. Like uh, Mostert, I think would be a good a good target, but then you have to just make sure he doesn't get hurt before the season starts or when most the hurt. Starts. Most yeah. hurt. Oh shit, that's too good. Raheem <laughs> most hurt. 
Oh, but yeah, I agree. He's he's a decent buy, especially over Sermon. Sermon's definitely not a buy right now. And I think the Arizona backs, like I'm not really for yeah. either one, but we don't know. And I think that's the big thing. And like, I'm in a, 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 a fractional point per carry and I, I have Connor, unfortunately, but I'm like, okay, at least maybe Connor will carry some flex value because of the point per carry or the semi point per carry that I can use him on certain weeks, but I'm not hundred percent sure. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of Edmonds, Edmonds camp as well, because he apparently what he got thinner, but got bigger, he said, or something like that, know. got leaner, but got that. bigger. But I think you hit on something about people having their evaluations in or valuations, I guess. That's what's so great about being early uh, on certain players is, is that you can you can get you can pay your price because you can wait for the rest of everyone to catch up for consensus to sort of form. So if you're in on them early, you can get a bunch of them for a price that you're super satisfied with. Like I have, I have so much Rondell Moore because I was just so high on him the whole time. Like I've been high on him forever. So now, and I'm still higher than consensus. Like I have him as a top 24 dynasty wide receiver already. If he, if, if he doesn't hit, that's whatever. I missed on a rookie wide receiver. It happens all the time to all of us. But if he hits, like I and he's my guy, now I've got him and everyone else caught up to my valuation. So like it's okay to put your foot down and have a have a price on a guy. Sometimes you miss, sometimes you sometimes you hit, but that's what's the, the beauty of the game is. I'm in the Rondell Moore camp. I'm with you 100 percent I think that's a great move. And actually, I have an example of that. And I actually did this for Fields in our Happy Hour Dynasty. I traded up one spot. I gave up the first, but I got I got picks back as well. Uh, I think I got two seconds, two later seconds back. But I wanted Fields that badly because I think I was still getting him at a discount. He was my number two rated player um, going into the rookie draft. So I got him at four or five. I think it was four. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I got to do, I got to pull the trigger because if I'm trading up from 104 to 102, it most likely is going to cost me a pretty penny to do that in most drafts. And I felt like I was getting the much better player and a player I definitely wanted in Dynasty. Yeah. And did you go, did you pick him over Pitts? Oh, uh, yeah. I, um, had I known that you could trade Pitts for, um, Joe Mixon in two firsts. Exactly. I probably would have taken Pitts in certain leagues. And well, you could have gotten you could have gotten Fields probably for him plus. But like yeah. that's the thing. Like I was out on Pitts, but then I started seeing what people how much how hard people were for Pitts. That eventually you have to t- kind of take that into account on your evaluation just because of trade value, like. But only if you're in a league that you can trade in. I mean, if you're not in a league that can't trade, I mean, first of all, get out of that league. If you can't trade in it, no one does it. But it like I, I took DeAndre Swift super early in a draft uh, a couple of weeks ago because I know how much people love him that I'll be able to get a running back that I like more plus. Like, so that's something to keep in mind for sure. Um, you hit on Thielen, and that's actually that that's like a stack. That's like the window stack is the cousins Thielen stack. I feel that you could get you could get that for like a first and a second. At like top that's top dollar to get I like would, a, I would pay that every day of the week. I think you could do it, or at least close. Like maybe you add in a freaking flyer, like I don't know, Curtis Samuel, even though I'm a little higher on Curtis, like something like that. 
like first second of that, you get Cousins and Thielen. I'd love that. We're That's a win that move. What other wide receivers we got that might help win now at, at a cheap dollar? I mean, the wide receivers are just so deep that like, who's who's a guy that you think you should sell if you're a win now team? Like say, say to get Thielen in a first, you saw a, a, a high young dude. What's considered high? Because my answer to this would be Visca every time. Oh, you ain't getting that for Visca. I'm talking high, like AJ Brown. Oh, no, wow, you get way more much. for AJ Brown. Yeah, that's too much. Sorry, I'd be. I just would be selling Visca every day. There's certain. I feel like. I feel like you have your top 20, 24 wide receivers that really are difference makers, and then you have like the next like twenty, which are like contributors, but they're interchangeable. So give me the additional first. I'll go trade for another one of those interchangeable wide receivers for a third and um, an upside running back. And I'll basically have lost nothing and gained a first. Dude, these young wide receivers are just so stupidly over, like not overvalued, just, just so much value. Like there's such a big drop off, I think, from like where you're at with Lamb, JJ Ridley, AJ Brown, and then like the next tier of like, Keenan, Evans, Woods. I mean, Woods is a little high there. Even F1, Lockett. Like, the, the, the top guys are worth like five firsts and then the other dudes are worth like a first plus. <laughs> <laughs> like, the value is so massive. Can I share with you my Aegis team real quick? The Aegis versus uh, non-discriminatory league? You're going to love this wide receiver room. I was 101, so I got Mahomes. And then I... So I, I have a hole or close to a hole at RB two. I have a couple options, but so I have Mahomes, Zeke, um, Ridley, DJ Moore, Evans, Thielen, Keenan Allen, Wentz, Hunter Henry is my starting lineup with like Drake, James Robinson, and then some flyers at running back. So I have to I have to find a running back too. But I also gained two firsts in that in that draft in that startup. You're on mute. You're still on mute. I was looking for it. There's two of these leagues. I was I'm in the other one. I was like, I don't see you in this league, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a pretty sweet uh wide receiver room, man. I think I have like five top 30 at least. And then tight end, uh sell pits for Kelsey Kittle. If you, Plus. Yeah, I mean, I I have a, a league that's win now, and I have Kittle and Pitts. That's cool. Yeah, I feel I, I like that. I'll probably just hold because I'm win now as fuck in that team. I've got <laughs> my running backs are Saquon, JT, Eckler, and there's one more, Zeke. <laughs> God, I love Zeke this year. I, I really think he's a dark horse for number one overall wide running back. Yeah, he's absolutely in that tier. That's That was a tier that I had a hard time with. Uh, well, not that tier, but position. Like, I had my top six, and then, like, seven through 13, 14 was like, dude, this is wide open. Like, Cook, CMC, Saquon, Henry, Zeke, Chubb. And I have Chubb in there. Fuck off. I don't give a fuck. That's six, right? 
that's six. So then after that, it was like JT, Kamara, Eckler, AG, Mixon, Dobbins, Sanders, Swift. Like I could throw these guys in any order, really. In my my opinion, like I feel like I would be fine with any of those guys over any of them, really. Sanders worries me just because I don't know what the offense is going to look like. But if Hertz can prove he can toss a couple passes a game to Sanders where he can get you know an extra four or five points, I'd be I'd be much more interested. What's the difference between Marquise Brown and Elijah Moore? I think actually I I love Hollywood. Yeah, I think we, also, I think we both like him a lot. I also I also have been calling Elijah Moore Captain Deadleg because he can change yeah. directions at full speed. I think <laughs> Elijah might be the more complete complete wide receiver with Oh, he Hollywood, absolutely is. <laughs> with Hollywood being the bigger threat. I offered I offered Hollywood a sec, uh, plus a second for Elijah, but I don't think that gets it done. <laughs> I think uh, I think you should just hold on to all your Hollywood shares. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised this year. I really I just, do. I just really want a wide receiver three. I got Evans and Cooper, and then Parker, Hollywood, and then you know I got Watch my Ron, I got Rondale, obviously. Uh Hollywood in a second for Thielen. Would you have to give up Hollywood? On top, I you need more. Yeah, I, I offered a second already for Thielen. Mm. Tony. <laughs> yes. Yes. Tony in a second. Yeah. I've got so much Tony just because nobody fucking wants him. I'm like, dude, I just buy the fucking hate. I got I got so much Tony. I've got so much Jordan Love. Like, dude, the, I'll take the draft capital and I'll I'll just ride it. What would you take to in terms of draft picks to trade Jordan Love? Like if what would I, to trade him away? Yeah, what would what would if someone offered you something? What would it have to be? Uh, I'd trade a second, but most likely, fuck it. I mean, I'd trade a second for Jimmy. I'll trade a second for Jordan Love. Like, yeah, it ha- I mean, you're not gonna get a first. Third's not enough, so it's just a matter of if if the second's enough for you. And in, in some cases, yeah, it would be. Just because I would turn that into something else. Like I, the player that I can get with that second by adding some other player to it would be more than what I can get with love, I feel. I like that. And the idea that you're probably going to be able to realize value on that second quicker with it being a second than it being Jordan Love. Yeah, you're just basically, if you're buying love for a second, you're hoping that he is the guy next year. Because if he is, he's automatically a first at least. So I really hope he's not. I don't believe it. Dude, <laughs> I, don't I hope he is. Guy. I hope he is just because of how much everyone hates him. Because I I want to see a ball out. I don't even I don't even like Jordan Love, but I just because I just because if anybody says Yo, Jordan Love this year, it'd be like I have receipts on the, the whole app, the whole bird app. I got you all, all you fuckers. I got all of you shitting on Jordan Love. Deshane, you must have cut out when you said ball out. Did you say throw the ball out of bounds? Is that what you were <laughs> throw trying to say? Throw the ball not in the net of that training video. That every That's it. That's the only film we have on Jordan Love is, is him missing the net. That's I'm it. I'm so that happy the out. only film we have on Jordan Love is that it's not in, in an NFL game. Oh, my Bro. God. It makes my day. In college, dude, he was a fucking beast until he wasn't the next year. But that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that but that what that 2018 year yeah 
that 2018 year was nice, dude. <laughs> See, and that's something I think is this is kind of off track, but like with Jacksonville, because Whoa. of Meyer, because of Urban Meyer, and we're talking college football players. Part of the benefit of being in college football is that you give your ball, give the ball to the best player over and over and over again because they're just better than the normal college athlete, even though the normal college athlete's kind of still a beast. <laughs> but is he gonna do that? When is he gonna lock on one wide receiver and say, Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna create plays for this guy, and then the same thing when it comes to ETN, we're gonna keep dumping it to ETN like they did in college. And it's going to be, I don't know which wide receiver. I, I, I lean Chark because I think he's better. But like, it's going to be like the Chark ETN show with a little bit of Visca mixed in. Because I, the thing is, I don't, it's not, I'm not saying Visca can't be good. But how many times do we see a guy that has five, six, seven tools and he never produces enough points on a regular basis in fantasy to be relevant? Yeah, he has all these tools, but is he worth a damn? You know, can you start him? And <laughs> yeah, that's what scares me. We have big Visca hater here. He's and I'm not the biggest Visca guy either. I got him one place, but yeah, that's a that's a that's an ongoing thing with you. You're not a Visca guy. I'm not a hater though. I I 100 <laughs> realize and recognize the path in which he's producing points. Like he gets consistent um, targets, and they they let him rush once or twice a game, and he might be in on an end around for a touchdown. I see the opportunity. I just I'm looking back at the guys that have matched those same adjectives and most of the time we're disappointed. Yeah, I feel that we opened with uh, some uh, green Bay talk. We'll close with some Jordan love talk and uh, Visca sprinkled in somehow. Uh, All right. Got a gripe of the week. Humidity. I was in Orlando and it made me just melt. My sinuses for some reason are just so terrible. Like we had this big event for work and it was a private event afterwards. We were in this old saloon that is now just for events. It's like four stories of just old wood and really cool craftsmanship. But I had to literally walk around with like a wet cloth on my neck because I was just so drained from the heat that like it was just going to make me fall to the floor if I didn't have it. It's crazy. That's pretty wild. My gripe of the week is going to be the Olympics coverage. It's super bad this year, I think. Uh, just like, I don't, I know that not everything's live, but like you'll be watching events and they just cut to commercial. It's so in your face and like, it's like disrespectful to me. It's disrespectful to like the athlete. Like I'm watching freaking table tennis last night. And that was live, by the way. And those girls were freaking killing it. Ishikawa, dude, out of Japan. And she was freaking ready to serve. Like in the middle of the second set, she's there ready doing a little ready to serve it. Cuts the commercial. Like, dude, what the fuck? What is this? Or like. There was also a judo match, a gold medal judo match. All right. The four minutes were up. Then it was into golden point. Next point wins. No point's been scored. It's going for four minutes. They cut to commercial. Can't They can't stay there just for this one point, you know. Come back. Finished it 10 seconds later. It's like, I get it. The advertising is a big thing, but like, it's just, it's really taken away from it. Because I, I don't know, I'm a big Olympic guy. I love the Olympic Games. And it's just been really shitty, I think. I got to add to your gripe real quick. When they advertise for McDonald's or Coca-Cola, 
I understand the target market and it works, especially people going and grabbing McDonald's, coming home and watching the Olympics with their buddies. But <laughs> for them to be like, they actually use like an athlete as like the sponsor, the face per- face of Oreos the brand is a big one. But like, it's like they don't s- consume that ever. <laughs> Dude, you said Bolt when he was in uh, Beijing for the Olympics, all he ate was 10 piece nuggets because that's the only thing he knew really yeah that's what he said <laughs> that surprises the crap out of me actually. yeah when he set all those records he, he didn't know what else to fucking eat in china so he went to mcdonald's and ate nuggies <laughs> oh my god that's awesome all right uh what's your highlight highlight i started looking at houses and nice i've noticed that the housing market down here it is crazy but they don't really account for pools when it comes to price like it's really about the house. Uh, I've seen square footages, locations be very comparable and the same. And it's like the prices are nearly identical. So I might be getting a house with a pool, which would be really nice in Texas. But we'll see. There's a, there's a lot to look into it. And I'm looking at doing some other investments after that. So I want to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success. So there's a long road ahead of us, but we'll see what happens. Nice. I think my highlight is uh, that supposedly the Canadian border is going to be opening up. And so that means that I am looking forward to going up to my cabin, which won't be till Labor Day when I can get it off. But I want to see I want to see how this border opening goes and if they keep it open. But yeah, my highlight of it, I think, is going to be that we got freaking border movement, dude. I'm out of here. How much of that maple gold are you going to bring back with you? How much are you going to smuggle back in your car? Dude, I'm going to smuggle all of it back. Every last drop, dude. I'm more pumped to just get more like lake water, dude. I, apparently the electricity is out at the cabin. So like, I'm just going to have like a fireplace to, and I, I got like camp and stuff like pots. So I'll cook in the fireplace, but man, that's my favorite place. It's just this secluded freaking cabin on this sweet ass water, dude. I hear you. My buddy, got, he has a cabin um, up north in Wisconsin, and we go there in summer, we go there in winter, and it didn't matter. He had a great time no matter what. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. So thanks for listening to Terrestrial Takes for Tim at Nubs, double N, double B. I'm Dushane's underscore. We'll see you next week.